I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met. Diamond Dallas Page started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP yoga. It's not your mama's yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! Took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP Yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP Yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP Radio. Hey, this is Robert. It's 9 p.m. on uh, on Wednesday, so you're listening to DDP Radio. Our normal head is out, Mike Mullins. He has got some family issues, so he is out for the night. I'm sure he'll give us more details on that when he gets back. Um, we've got a pretty good crew set up already to take his place. Of course, the, our, our regular Stacy is here. How are you doing, Stacy? Oh, hey, I'm doing well. How are you doing, Robert? Doing well. I mean, I, we just found out, well, I just found out that Mike wasn't going to be here about two minutes, so I am completely unprepared, so it should be a fun show. You know, sometimes those are the best shows when we just go with uh, the improv, you know? Mm-hmm, definitely, definitely. And we're also joined by our DDP Yoga Certification expert, Hayden, all the way from the U.K. How are you doing, Hayden? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Doing good, doing good. And we've got a, another a special guest with us tonight uh, to talk about some recipes and food and general nutrition is uh, Chef Bill. How are you doing, good? Doing good. Good. Good, good. Uh, before, good to be before here. We get, yeah, I'm glad to have you. Well, you're, you're always uh, uh, adding a little bit of knowledge to the show. Um, before we get going too far, I want to mention two uh, workshops that we have coming up in August. The first one is the ultimate workshop at the Performance Center in Smyrna, Georgia. That's going to be August 6th. Uh, it's going to be, if you've never been to an ultimate workshop, it's like a three or four hour affair. There's t-shirts and, and a wine tasting. It's, it's a whole deal. So if you're in the Smyrna area, you can make it up there. You definitely want to make it out to that. And we've also got a traditional DDP yoga workshop in Romeoville, Illinois, on August 13th as well. So check both those out at ddpyogaworkshops.com. So what has everyone been up to this last week? Well, I've been up to studying for, uh, Hayden will appreciate this, for certification uh, for level one. And, yeah, you know, it it is, even though I've been at it for a while, it remains a challenge just because it's so much different than just working out, you know. And there's so I have such a newfound respect for anyone who teaches because there's just a lot to it. And and I'm just sort of like practicing in the mirror. Uh, I haven't really led, uh, you know, a mock-up level one class for anyone 
Um, but I'm gearing up for that. I've done, you know, I've done some lighter workouts with people, and that's going really well. But, you know, in addition to things like mirror imaging and, you know, calling the right side of the body, um, there's just, you know, a lot to remember. And, and to make it flow, you know, without looking at notes and all that is, I, I think, a, a huge accomplishment. So my, my hat is off to everyone who's come before me. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, to the day when I can actually teach. Oh, that'll be awesome. That'll yeah. be a great day. <laughs> now I'm looking. How about uh, you? I'll, I'll go ahead, Stacy. No, I'm just wondering what what's up with you guys. Do you have anything anything new to share in the world of DDP yoga? Well, actually, I was just going to mention that because I just talked to Hayden off the air, and, and I, Hayden, I don't know if you're if you're allowed to talk about the news that you told me or not. But I'm stepping on your toes here. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's your story, yeah. man. You go for it. All right, all right, I'll do it. Um, yeah, I'm quite uh, excited to announce that I'm going to be teaching the uh, the first DDP Yoga weekly classes taking place in London. Um, I was approached by a friend of mine who let me know online um, that. Al Snow's Wrestling Academy in London were looking for a yoga teacher. And when I wow. messaged them to say, um, do you want DDP yoga? They wrote straight back going, oh, wow, we have that in the UK. Yeah, we'll have that. So I went up there, met the guys, had a good chat with them, and I'm starting in two weeks. So that's wow. going to be really good. It's a, it's a huge venue. Al's behind it. And um, Dallas is aware of the situation. It's going to be a great place, hopefully somewhere to host future UK workshops. Um, but, yeah, great space, great opportunity. Yeah. And finally, we've got a class going on in the UK capital. So, Yeah, this is going to be the time. first time, the first, the first DDP yoga classes in London. So that, that's very cool. Yeah, oh, definitely. man, and who knows, who knows who might stop by, you know? Yeah, well. You might get Paul McCartney. <laughs> Nigella Lawson, who knows? Yeah. Boy George. All of those names. That yeah. would be good if they turned up. Yeah. Celebrity <laughs> Chef Bill. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Yeah. Everybody's welcome. So now, that's Bill, gonna be good. Oh definitely. That's really cool. that's really exciting news. Uh, and just to be around, who, who knows, on top of Al Snow, who might stop by there as far as being uh, wrestling-related as well. So you could have some pretty cool moments there. Yeah, they, mm -hmm. they mentioned certain names, but I, I don't know if I should go down that route or not. But there were certain ones that were quite exciting that they get in to teach for a week or two at a time when they're on tour. So Nice. That yeah, let's be... not get you fired before you get hired. No. No. And I also don't want to seem like the ultimate wrestling fan that I really am. Your secret is safe with everyone listening. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> now, uh, Chef Bill, you came prepared with a topic for the night, didn't you? Well, you guys, um, last week, I, I were talking about, you know, everybody being in a hurry and the hurried life and cooking and, you know, trying not to eat junk and eating healthier. But, the time constraints and I was kind of listening and I, I didn't really want to interrupt at the time, but I had thought about it. Someone had mentioned a slow cooker. Slow cookers mm -hmm. definitely have their place, 
book. We're about when you slow cook something or you braise meat, whether it be chicken, pork, or beef, what you're doing is, is you're breaking down proteins. And, you know, that's how um, you, you take tough meat and make it tender. Not that I'm saying we're all using bad meat or tough meat or whatever, but basically uh, pork ribs came up. They're a prime example. It's a white meat but it's generally a fatty white meat, and it contains a lot of proteins. So when you throw those in a cooker and you're slow roasting or slow braising them, I guess I would call it, with whatever else you put in the slow cooker, because you're probably going to put some kind of liquid in there, whether it be beef stock, vegetable stock, you know, something to, you know, keep the flavor, some vegetables, and you're going to slow cook them which is fine, but what happens is you're slow cooking them in their own proteins and fat. And that's probably not something that your target audience is going to want to eat, at least not on a regular basis, especially, I mean, don't get me wrong, pot roast tastes good. There's no question about it. But if you're talking about sandbagging a bunch of meals out of a slow cooker, it's probably not the greatest idea. So I do have a couple of suggestions. And one would be you just take a baking sheet, you know, that's an inch in depth with an inch lip around it, put a rack in the middle of it, and braise your ribs in the oven, your same amount of short ribs, however many you want to do. And this is another thing. You can probably, um, you know, get more out of it. So you put a couple of racks of ribs cut up on the uh, baking rack. You don't have to use a barbecue sauce with sugar and all that kind of stuff. You can simply, if you're in a hurry, dry rub them with um, emeralds or, you know, a, a, a Lowry's rub or a Montreal steak rub. McCormick makes good rubs. And if you don't want the salt, you can just herb dry rub them and bake them. They don't need to be oiled. Just bake them at a 225-degree oven, say on a Saturday or Sunday, or even overnight. You can bake them for about, oh, I would say seven hours at 225 degrees. So, you know, go to bed. You go to bed at midnight, you know, pop them out at seven. Then what you can do you, you you know, you don't want to eat these things cold. I mean, maybe you do. Some people like it. Then what you do is put them in a bag. Yeah, I put them in a big Ziploc bag or container or whatever you want to put them in, refrigerate them, and you can just pluck them out as you want them and throw them on the grill. Or if you do choose to eat them cold, you can you can grill them, you know, again after they're cooked. All the grease is ran into the baking pan. You throw them on the grill, and it's going to literally burn off that last bit of grease or fat that's contained on those ribs. I just think that's a better alternative for someone that's trying to, you know, amend their eating habits and, you know, want something healthier. Pork is a decent, healthy, you know, white meat, but you, you do have to watch the fat, and, and that's what I wanted to comment on. And you can do the same thing with beef ribs. And believe it or not, or beef, but believe it or not, chicken's the same way. Chicken can be fatty. And, again, you're breaking down the proteins when you cook it. So 
I this is one of the greatest recipes, and everybody loves it. Go to the store, buy some boneless chicken thighs, and the thighs are always, you know, juicier and less, um, what's the word I'm looking for, less tough than breast meat. Breast meat has its place, in my opinion, pounded thin, sautéed in a pan, and, you know, chicken piccata or something made out of it. But if you want something great to pick at, go buy Ken's Steakhouse Greek dressing. And when you read the ingredients on the Ken's, now I would probably make my own, but I'm targeting people that are in a hurry and don't have a lot of time. Ken's is made from real oil and real herbs. It's not made from crap. There's not a lot of preservative or a lot of junk in there. So what you do is you buy these um, boneless chicken thighs. Any supermarket has them. Good quality chicken, or you can buy organic chicken. You can even find them. Ask the butcher. They'll bone them for you. Marinate them. I marinate them for three days in um, the Ken's dressing. I use about a half a bottle of dressing to about three pounds of thighs. And I'm telling you, you can throw those things on the grill and you can cook them up pretty good. They stay juicy, and they're absolutely delicious. As a snack, I pull them out of the bag when I, Stacy and I just got home, and I just grabbed one out of the bag for something to munch on. They're absolutely delicious, hot or cold. If anybody is eating gluten or gluten-free bread, they make a fantastic sandwich with a little, you can use vegan A's or mayonnaise or, you know, whatever your choice is, or even mustard. And it's just a great snack that can be, or meal, that can be mass-produced that you can just literally, um, you know, reach into the fridge and, and pull, you know, pull out. And I just wanted to mention those couple of things because they're healthier, they're grilled, you're grilling off a lot of the fat. And I think on the weekend or on a day off, you know, everybody can find, uh, you know, 40 minutes to grill some stuff up. And your prep time for this, you know, back to even with the ribs, is nothing more than what I do is um, I dry rub them. And if you're going to leave it at that, dry rub them, wrap them really tight. I cut the slabs in half. Like if I do a whole slab of ribs, I'm jumping around from chicken to ribs. But if you, let's say you dry rub them when you want Cajun ribs. So you dry rub them with emeralds. And what I do is I dry rub them on both sides with emeralds. I'm not bashful with it and then wrap them really tight in cling film, plastic cling film, and put them in the fridge and let them sit for like two days. Let the chicken marinate for two days. But once you're on a roll and once you've started with this, you can always keep something marinating while something else is cooked. And, you know, a bag of ribs um, and a bag of chicken, you know, cold in the refrigerator, uh, that can keep you going for like a week, and the stuff, you know, well-wrapped and well-refrigerated, the stuff is probably uh, probably good for five to seven days. A lot of people panic about bacteria, but um, if the stuff is well-cooked and you keep it in a cold fridge, you're going to be fine, and that's two really easy meal plans that you can have ready to, uh, you know, pick out. And the, Even the chicken cold or even the ribs cold, they're delicious. If you want to rewarm them, throw them in the toaster oven, throw them in the oven, 
Uh, if you're not an anti-microwave, the chicken microwaves back beautifully. Um, and, you know, hey, with a salad or, you know, whatever you fancy, you can come home to a meal. So it'll take you a couple days to get started, but um, I, I think I'm a, I'm a firm believer of uh, the grill or the gas grill rather than the, um, you know, if you make soup or something like that, a home cooker's great. Uh, if you want to keep something warm, it's great. But for cooking meat, I'm absolutely, if you're health conscious, uh, I'm kind of against the, uh, the slow cooker for cooking meat. Those were the comments I wanted to share. Hmm, that was very thorough. Stuff. Yeah, very thorough. And it shows you, though, you know, with a little learning and technique and just a time investment, you can make some amazing things at home. You don't have to go out for them. Oh, yeah, that God. sounds really good. Stacy made she, I, I I had a lot going on. She said, "Let me make you dinner tonight. I'm going to make stuffed peppers." Well, a lot of people make stuffed peppers by putting raw ground beef into a pepper with whatever mm-hmm. else they're going to put into it. Don't do that. You don't want to cook that grease in that pepper. Have that pepper saturated like a sponge with grease. Stacy sautéed some good organic beef, mixed it with some, uh, what do you call it, Stacy? Um, you know, the long rice, like in rice the stuff, like basmati oh, the rice. Basmati, yep. She mixed, it with, she mixed her ground beef with onions and some fresh herbs, sautéed it in a pan, strained off all the fat, blotted the fat with a paper towel, added the onions, added the herbs, then stuffed the peppers, I'm sorry, the beef had a, a, a an egg or two twined in it after it was cooked. Then stuffed the peppers with that mixture. The egg was a beautiful binder, and you had this absolutely delicious, it, it was seriously the best stuffed pepper I ever tasted. And, you know, Stacy did that the other, the other night, but there's just tips. You, you want to minimize the fat and the grease whenever you're eating something that contains beef. Um, I I don't think beef and pork, in my opinion, should carry all the negatives that it carries. It's how it's prepared and, you know, what you're, uh, you know, there's nothing as delicious as a fatty rib steak on the grill. But, you know, we all have to adjust. So if you want beef, eat leaner cuts on the grill. And I always Pittsburgh everything with a half a gallon of olive oil when I'm grilling a steak. So it's incinerated on the outside and, you know, medium rare on the inside and all the fat's burned off. And, boy, I'll tell you, when you do them like that, it tastes good. So if if anybody uh, wants to, I think I have a video on uh, Pittsburgh. And if I don't, we'll do one. There's one on my YouTube channel. So check that out. It's a very brief, you know, brief video. Maybe we should do a more thorough one sometime. But, you know, last week we were talking a lot about preparing and being prepared and cooking from home and, and, you know, just having things around so you're not vulnerable. And Mm -hmm. um, I submitted, it's going to be coming out any day, Robert, right? The newsletter. And there's, I put a kale salad in, in this upcoming one, which not everybody loves kale. But I found a way through uh, this 
this chef that we encountered a few years ago, we were at a restaurant, and usually kale's very tough and unappealing, especially if it's eaten in salad form. And this salad was amazing. And it was um, tahini-based and non-dairy, so I kind of did my own little riff on it. But kale can be kept. This is the beauty of it. You can make a big batch of it, keep it in the refrigerator for about a week, and it won't get destroyed, you know, like the regular lettuce will. Mm-hmm. So look look for that in the next newsletter. And I'm yeah, also working on a breakfast bar recipe. Yeah, I would say that the uh, the next wow. newsletter will be out in probably the next week or so. Okay, something to look forward to. You know, but this is oh. summer uh, summer salad season, right? So, you know, yeah, now's the absolutely. time to experiment and dive in. Um, so anyway, but I know Hayden, you had some questions uh, from yeah. from members and people who wanted to, you know, know more about how to get certified and challenges involved I, in that. So I do, but before I get to that, yeah. can I go back to what we were just talking about? Because sure, um, with food. Um, I'm kind of a real creature of habit, so like um, I'm currently doing this uh, loosely based on a carb cycling diet. So on over three days, on day one I'll have some kind of carb, like oatmeal, something for breakfast, and then some kind of maybe rice cake and uh, almond butter or something like that for my morning snack, and then I might have rice or sweet potato with my lunch, and then all the complex carbs have gone. It's just proteins and greens for the rest of the day. Day two, uh-huh. I do the same thing only up till morning, um, my morning snack. And then from lunch, it's just greens straight through along with proteins. And then day three is just a pure protein day. But I tend to find I always go for the same stuff. So if it's an evening meal, I either do like a turkey chili or I do um, a chicken stir fry or a straightforward roasted chicken breast with some greens or if we've got beef in you know I might do a steak or something like that but it's always the same things it's like with breakfast if it's a protein day it's just going to be scrambled eggs maybe with spinach and I just need a bit more inspiration because it does get quite boring <laughs> yeah you sometimes you can get bored and not even realize it you know so you hear yeah. about something else yeah, I mean, listening to Chef Bill talk about those stuffed peppers just got my mouth watering and got me thinking that I need to go and try something like that. Because yeah, that sounded me, pretty good. Yeah, it really did. And it also sounded really simple. Um, yeah, and it's I was, I was amazed to, how easy it was. Yeah, that's the thing is when you when you fall into a habit, everything you do is easy. And something that's new isn't necessarily easy at first. So I need to try and break away from that. So, I mean, I've got your book. (laughs) I'm going to go back and read some (laughs) of the recipes in that. But if there's any other advice for people like me that are creatures of habit, any way of breaking that, anything to spice up my oatmeal in the morning, anything to spice up my eggs, I'm obviously, I'm sugar-free, so I won't add anything like agave or anything, but fruits Uh and stuff are always good. Well, as far as... As far as perspective goes, I mean, you you said it there. Everything's easy because you're used to doing it. Just keep that in mind that you're re- resisting something new just because it's new. Uh, if you can be mm-hmm. stay aware of that, that'll help you overcome it. Yeah, that's a good point. 
Good point. If I can challenge, channel that mentality, it will uh, it will help. But there are so yeah, many things out there. To be aware of, yeah. Yeah, I saw um, there was a post being shared around today on Twitter, and it was when uh, Stevie was making the protein waffles. And oh. Again, I looked at those thinking they look great, but in my head I'm still going, well, I already know how to make my oatmeal. It's easy. I can just put it together, have it <laughs> 10 minutes after I started it, and it's done. Right. So I just need to try well, and break that cycle. Yeah, and I, I think that's a great idea because you don't want to get to a point where, and, and this you know has happened to me in the past, where I, I know I need to add variety and and I don't, and then I'll just get frustrated, you know, and like, this is so freaking boring, I can't stand it anymore. Yeah. And yeah. and then I might then I might deviate in a direction I don't want to deviate in. So it's it's good to nip that boredom in the bud, you know, before it you know, you snap. Just and just say, Screw this. I need a vacation, yeah. you know. Um but those protein waffles, I'm gonna have to look at that because I'm you know, I, I don't do a lot of sweet in the morning and I know you're off sugar, Hayden, but um occasionally yeah. I'll do a protein-based, you know, not like a paleo type of um, pancake. And I'll use either um, sometimes just straight coconut oil uh, okay. and also use um, sugar-free. You might not, you know, be down with this, but sugar-free maple syrup, um, right. which you might find that to be a trigger. But to me, it's enough yeah. sweetness and it doesn't, you know, mess my system up. I, I do it. I'm just going to estimate like three or four times a year. You know, I know sugar-free stuff isn't the best, but if it's a choice between that and real, you know, real sugar, I'll I'll take that. You yeah, know? I can completely but understand that. In my book, just check out my book. I have a lot of breakfast recipes there, and there's um, I'm pretty sure it's in the book. If it, if it's not in the book, it's on my website. There's a protein bar recipe, which is sugar-free. And where can we get your book, Stacy? <laughs> oh, Robert! <laughs> just so happens, yeah, you, can, <laughs> you can get it on my website, or uh, you know, StacyMorris dot com, or it's on Amazon, and it's hard copy and Kindle. And I also have you. You might be interested in this, Hayden. I don't know if you, you know, are a dessert person, or you just would rather not go there. But I, I my second book is called Sweet Comfort. And it's all desserts, and um, they're all either low sugar. I give yep. coconut palm sugar as a as a viable alternative to the white stuff. And then I, I tell people if you want to use stevia and just keep it no sugar, you can do that. So okay. uh, and you know everyone's got to do what works. Some people just prefer to stay away from sweets because it, it can be a yeah. trigger. Yeah, you know? that's. Exactly where I am. I mean, I found that when Liz and I took the challenge of going completely sugar-free, um, we made a deal on the retreat we were going to do it for as long as we could. Liz mm-hmm. lasted, and she's still completely 100% sugar-free from the day that we started that little pact. Um, I managed 63 days and then broke. Um, That's and pretty impressive. Just, I think... Yeah. Well, you say that, but then it took me, that was middle of September. It then took me until March to finally get my head back in the game and say, no, I need to do this again. So now it's getting close to, I haven't counted days, but I think it's probably 50 plus 
that have been sugar free again. Um, oh, yay! But everything is everything's a trigger. Everything, if it's sweet, mm-hmm. even fruit. I have to be very careful with what sort of fruit I have, um, and at what time of day. You know, if I have pineapple early enough, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really affect me. But if I've got a sweet craving and I cave in and have some pineapple later in the day, you can guarantee I'm feeling that I need some kind of sweet stuff then right through into the evening and then that's when the apple and the almond butter comes out which again oh, is not great yeah. late on but it is a good snack it does help uh-huh. sure um, so. do you find you know I, I know like Dr. Atkins had the fruits that he thought were best in terms of the glycemic you know like berries uh, raspberries and blueberries do you mm-hmm. find you do better with those um, I absolutely love blueberries for the reason of they don't they don't give me a spike they don't do anything to me they just they taste nice they do the job they fill me up they give me the boost that I need but it's not it's not a sugar spike um, strawberries are the same for me um, I've never been a fan of raspberries can't get into them um, but yeah I think the berry idea is really good because it it does work it's mm. not you're not eating i mean pineapple banana mango all of that sort of stuff is still very high sugar content even though it's fructose and it still gives you a quite a big spike and if you especially if you eat it at the wrong time of day you can find yourself yeah. up for I, the I'm remainder a, of the I'm day. a fan of of fruit in the morning that's just me mm-hmm. i mean some people i don't think anything that comes from the earth is bad or scary but nope. uh, just for digestive reasons i i do it in the morning on, on an empty stomach and it works really well and i just that's where i i choose to cap it you know but yes. certainly if if it's if you're a nighttime cupcake eater or something like that having fruit at night is is a huge leap of of progress yeah my worst thing of all because of my history being a musician i would get back back in the day of when i was playing and drumming six nights a week i would get back from wherever i'd been at work and i would eat whatever was in the house so even if it was two o'clock in the morning i would still get in and eat through half a pound of cheese, I'd still get in and eat through the chocolate that was in the fridge. And that kind of mentality has stuck with me even now. But now I get back at 2 o'clock in the morning, and if I'm really, really desperate for something, I might make a vegan protein shake. Mm-hmm. I might have an apple with some almond butter on it. But that's just to really get rid of that craving that's still there from all those years ago. But at least well, you know, not- that's... That's a very smart way to handle it, though, because it's not too strict. You know, you're not putting yourself in lockdown, but you're you're allowing yourself, you know, some nutrition too. Yeah, yeah, because it is it is challenging when you walk in at that time of night and you are you're hungry, or you think you're hungry. I've never really established whether I am or not because I will have eaten an evening meal at the regular time. So. Ah. Yeah, and, and you know, you've probably heard this, that often um, hunger can kind of masquerade, or thirst can masquerade as hunger, or vice versa. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you think you're hungry, and you're really dehydrated, and you don't mm-hmm. know it. Yep, that's another big thing. 
increasing my water intake changed a lot of how I eat. But I just need to be aware of the fact that I'm I'm a big creature of habit and I need to break it because, like you said, you get very bored. Um, and when that boredom kicks in, that's when the danger starts. Yeah, well, uh, I would definitely check out, there is a huge recipe archive on Team DDP Yoga. I mean, Robert can tell you, mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. nine or ten years worth, you know, it's like the <laughs> Library of Congress of clean eating. Yeah, and there's there's really? a lot of good stuff, uh, cheap plug, there's a lot of good stuff on, on StacyMorris.com as well. You've got a huge amount of content, you've been working on that for oh. probably almost as long, if not longer. Yeah, well, when I started this, which was in 09, before that, my food writing was a completely different uh, <laughs> thing. <laughs> it, it was anything but clean. Um, but, yep. yeah, I've been at this now almost seven years. So there is uh, – I do have a pretty good archive amassed. So, you know, Hayden – and then there are just, I mean, blogs galore. I mean, no – that's the beauty of clean eating is so many people are on board with it. Um, yeah. You just never have to run out of ideas. Yeah. I think that's the main thing that I need to be aware of from a personal standpoint. Yeah. Sure do, you like, do you like to cook? Are you a cook or not really? I absolutely love cooking. Oh, good. You're really ahead of the game. Thing. Oh, yeah. And do you I, like cooking the same things, or do you experiment? Um, before I went completely clean, I would experiment. I'd go all out. I'd throw anything into anything and see what I came up with without a problem. But now, I mean, the other thing that we've kind of got into the habit of doing is we have a George Foreman grill. Um, so we kind of tend to just cook a lot of meat on that. And it gets yeah, I mean, we've gone through two in the last five years. <laughs> yeah, the only reason I ask, because if you're restricting yourself, that, you know, your creativity there, that may be keeping you um, from, uh, you know, that's building like a mental block for you. Because you, yeah. if you're talking about uh, uh, getting stuck in certain places. Yeah, that's another good point. I'm just going to make a note of that. <laughs> you really do. Yeah. Okay, I've written that one down. Get creative again. <laughs> yeah, have fun with it. Cool. Right. Do you want me to uh, get into the questions that we've been sent? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I'm I'm going to go through the um, the non-certification based ones first, um, and I'll read the questions out as we go, and then let you know what the answers are. So. Uh, the first one is from Lisa, and she wrote saying that she uh, she has an issue with her arches in her feet have collapsed, um, and she can no longer stand on tiptoe, which is basically rendering the calf raises impossible. Um, any ideas for modifications? So what I've done today with this is um, I touch base with YogaDoc over a couple of things because they're quite medical-based as well, but obviously... The first point is with the med- with the modifications. My first port of call was to think you could do calf raises in down dog, um, so you're not actually putting too much weight on your legs. You can still sort of be on tiptoe if you're in down dog, and you you can manage to raise your tiptoes. You can work it that way. Going 
into a standing position, you can also use two chairs either side of you, support your weight that way, and try and get the legs working, get your tiptoes working, get your calves going. And if all of that is still a struggle and you need to go to that final level, you can use the chair to sit down and then just start working the toes and building the muscle strength that way. Um, Yoga Doc did say, obviously, if you want any more information about things like how to wrap the feet to support the arch and things like that, to give him, drop him an email, which, um, Robert, can you remind us what Yoga Doc's email is? Because I don't have it in front of me right now. Yeah, it is uh, yoga underscore doc at yahoo.com. And uh, there you go. Don't, keep in mind, we do our best to answer these questions, but we're not doctors. So if you have a, a, a medical concern, certainly talk to your doctor as well. Yeah, absolutely. Which that next point brings me very nicely onto the next question. Um, Paul has emailed in to say he's been dealing with bouts of uh, shoulder tendonitis in the past. Um, and he's read somewhere that you should limit movements that aggravate it while it's an issue but shouldn't stop it all or altogether. Um, do we have any advice for dealing with what seems like a nagging injury? Um, he's not got a loss of strength. He switched to stand-up 2.0 and it seemed to help warm the shoulders up. So, um, again, the first thing Doc said was, have you been cleared to work out and use the shoulder by your physician, by your doctor? Um obviously contact him if you have any real major questions and want to know any further information about what he can offer. But he said, um, first question from him would be, what are you eating at the moment? Um, are you keeping inflammatory foods out of your diet? So things like gluten-free, dairy-free. Are you taking certain supplements? So your omegas and oils, fish oils. And also hydration and icing at night. They're just basic recommendations, but if you want further information, definitely get in touch with Yoga Doc and also maybe speak to your own doctor as well. See if they've got any recommendation. I would have never thought Anyone about any, uh, inflammatories. Yeah, well, it's tendonitis, um, and Doc said straight away anything you say has an itis in it is going to be inflammatory. Hmm. So, taking out gluten, taking out cow dairy, etc. And just trying to minimise the risk, basically. Um, our last one is a certification-based one, and this one comes from Adam, who's in Melbourne, Australia, which is uh, obviously where Dallas was not too long ago, having a mm -hmm. wonderful time, doing some, uh, catching some rays, and doing some wonderful workshops, and uh, showing Jake the Snake, the resurrection of Jake. Uh, on the tour, which, by the way, is now available on Netflix, I believe. Cheap plug. Oh, we get the chance. Are you sure that you don't want to take the show over? Because you're doing a better job than I am. <laughs> don't give me that option. <laughs> Not while it's 2 a.m. <laughs> um, so, Adam wrote to us and he said he's curious about the certification um, and he'd like to hear from uh, experiences of the people who have... Uh, no background or qualifications in health and fitness industry. Um, I can tell you right away from the get-go that uh, I have no previous background in health and fitness industry or previous qualifications until I did my DDP yoga certification. Um, he wants to know how, 
have such people found the training and the certification process? And most importantly, what have they been able to go on and do with the certification qualification in terms of becoming instructors and running their own classes? So I'm going to talk from a personal experience. Stacey, as someone who's on the course, if you want to jump in at any point, you're more than welcome to. Okay. Um, for me, I found the course extremely comprehensive. Uh, it gave me a very full knowledge of sort of the anatomy and nutrition side of things that I needed for going forward into teaching. Um, it set me up as an instructor because obviously having to do the 20 hours sample teaching before you can submit a video was those 20 hours are really an interesting learning curve because your first class is always going to be the hardest one you ever do. And then when you get further and further into that, those 20 hours of practice teaching, you find your feet, you find where you're going as an instructor. And sometimes it might take you 10 hours. Sometimes it might take you 40 hours. But over the course of that practice teaching, you find yourself as an instructor and the course gears you with everything you need from how to teach the modifications, how to get your class engaged with heart rate monitors, how to get them engaged with counting, right through. It's all there. It's all there for you to learn. Um, as for what I did afterwards, I, um, how do I phrase this nicely? I knuckled down and uh, started promoting it left, right and centre and getting classes going in every possible place I could. I think I said it last week to the point where I was doing uh, 11 or 12 classes in five days and driving between each one and doing a day job at the same time. And slowly but surely, word starts to spread. People start passing the word on. Friends tell friends. More friends come. You always find a way of getting more and more people in. And slowly but surely, your classes will build and you will end up with a viable business of some sort. Um, obviously, it depends on what level you want to work at. If you just want to do something once a week to run for your friends and family, that's great. That's what it's there for. If you want to run classes every single day of the week, like me, go ahead. It's there to do that as well. It's open. It's entirely up to you. He's also gone on with further questions in his email, though, to ask if there's any resistance or skepticism from wider fitness world of gym owners and the like. Or are DDP yoga certified trainers hiring community venues and not needing to worry about being accepted by these people? Um, again, I'll talk from personal experience. I ventured out and reached out to a couple of local gyms, independent gyms, not chain gyms, um, martial art based or boxing based gyms, and they both took me on instantly. Both were very good. They gave me a space in which I could operate and build a name for myself to start with they offered me a good rate for room rent and looked after me for the first 12 months um, what I tended to find was because it was run out of their class and it wasn't necessarily something they were looking at in a long term they did kind of wander off in their own direction not necessarily promote my class but I did all the promotion anyway, and everyone that I met there, I managed to take to other venues with me. I do hire um, village halls and school halls now instead of using gyms. Um, 
but also Falls. I managed to take Falls, okay. yeah. Okay, yeah, that, sorry, that came that... out. Yeah, it's the accent. I was. It took me a minute to, to understand what you had said there. That's all right, dude. My my wonderful think... Game of Thrones accent. Yeah, Glad we clarified that. Yeah. Did Did you hear the same yeah. thing I did, Stacy? Well, no, but I, after you questioned it, I think I know what you thought you heard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just leave it's it. The fact that. I said school in there as well. Yeah. Um, so. Um, the other side that comes out of this is not only are you hiring halls to try and get your own business going, sometimes you will get uh, businesses approach you and they'll want a workshop or they'll want some kind of class to sort of use to chill their staff out, maybe over lunchtime. Um, the big company that I've done a lot of work with around here is there's a, a holiday company called Butlins, which are basically they run big holiday parks in the UK. Um, they've brought me in for the past two years now to run what they call their staff well-being week and over the course of that week they'll offer free fitness classes for the staff and DDP yoga is featured highly on their list every week to the point where now I go in every week of the year just for the staff just for one class on a Thursday night straight through so that's where it goes for me Stacey have you got any thoughts on how it's going for you as someone who's already on the course well uh, you know it's I, I like I said I, I have taught to small groups and that I recommend if you're if you're studying and you're not there yet that is a huge it's not only a teaching tool but it, it's just a huge shot in the arm of motivation because you know it's one thing to practice alone you know, or even practice with somebody. But when you're out there actually teaching, it's, you know, there's a, it's almost like probably a concert or something. Like you feed off of each other. There's a high that happens. There's a certain kind of energy. And, and then you just, it, you feel really good about yourself for having done something for someone else or inspired them or showed them that, wow, you know, you can do something fitness-related, and it, it doesn't have to be drudgery. I mean, that's the response I've gotten when, when I've done classes. Yep. People are always pleasantly surprised, like, wow, I, I enjoyed that. I want to do another one, you know, or I feel so good. And, and that's just really, it's like, it's, um, it's like a big shot of vitamin C or something. You know, it, it's a, a nice, healthy high. And then yeah. it's also a great learning tool. And I find it a lot more enjoyable than just practicing in my living room. Yeah, it really is. It's it's quite an uplifter for you as an instructor as well as for your class. And you're right, you feed off of everyone there. Um, I had a lady tonight come up to me who has been to three classes and she she used this phrase, and I, I think this is probably one of the greatest phrases anyone's ever used to describe trying to stay motivated. But she said... I need to remember how I feel now at 9 o'clock on a Wednesday evening after the class instead of how I feel on a Wednesday morning when I get up telling myself I don't want to go. Oh, because wow. that feeling a good one. is the one that keeps her going for the next four or five days. And then Tuesday rolls around, she's already had enough. She doesn't want to do work. She's 
worn out. Wednesday morning, she's woken up. She knows she's got to come, but she doesn't want to come because it's going to be hard work. She's got a long day ahead of her. But then at 9 o'clock that night, we finish the class. She feels awesome. So mm, that, that's... that That's a great motivational tool to to, you know, kind of keep in your mind you know how do you feel after a class keep that in the back of your mind and don't listen to the you know the monday morning blues or or or, you know the voices of excuses or resistance when they come yep and it kind of goes for all of us when we do our own workouts because i don't know about you guys but i because of what I went through last week with Laura being in hospital and me basically having to chauffeur her around and look after her for a few days, I didn't didn't manage to get any personal workouts in from Thursday through to Sunday. By Monday morning, I was not wanting to get on the mat because number one, I knew it would be, it would suck, it would be horrible, it would hurt, it would not feel good, but also. I was already in pain. My lower back was giving me so much grief. So somewhere deep down inside, I dug down to find that feeling of what I'm going to feel like by the time I finish this workout and rolled them out and did the workout. And truth be told, I felt exactly as I thought I was going to feel. I felt great. Mm -hmm. I felt loose. I felt relaxed. I felt like I was in control of everything again. But... I needed to dig down to find that, to remind myself that the last time I did a workout, that's how I felt. Yeah, that, that's, that's very true. And that's often a motivator for me um, because I, I know what will happen. I mean, in your case, you had, a, you know, a crisis and you, you couldn't work out. But, mm. you know, if you just let it go and then that snowballs into three, four days, very quickly, within a week's time, the body will start to atrophy and those muscles and reflexes that have been so honed will start to you know soften up and recede and i don't want that to happen so that's often my motivator it's like no i don't want to i don't want to backslide on the progress you know i want to stay strong so let's go yeah staying strong and also you know the other side is if you've worked off an injury if you've worked off any back pain neck pain that will will start to come back if you stop, if you stop for too long, if you take too long a break, for whatever reason, I can tell you now my neck and my knee will always start hurting if I take off more than two or three days at a time. Uh, so, yeah. Does, yeah. does that happen to you, Robert? I'm sorry, I was looking, I was looking at a customer email, so oh. what was the question? Oh, no, I just, if, you, if you don't work out for a few days... Do you get pain or stiffness or anything like oh, that? In my back, absolutely. The uh, I, yeah. I, That's one thing. I at the very least have to get up and do stretches every day because, you know, I sit here for, on a short day, eight or ten hours. Um, ah. Wow. So, yeah, it, uh, I'm sorry, I'm doing too many things at one time. Um for me, it's 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 very important to 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 keep those stretches going and and to if I don't work out for if I miss like four or five days, I start I start the pain comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I'm lucky I I don't have any injuries thank God or chronic pain, but for someone like me who's lucky and doesn't have that, I will just get stiff. You know I I notice immediately my body starts to really stiffen. 
mm-hmm. and I'm just not as flexible, and I don't move as well. So uh, it's not like something that you can do for years and then quit, you know. You you, you got to keep doing it. It's oh, just, yeah. It's well, kind of like, like dieting where – the reason diets don't work is because you're only doing, you're making a change temporarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really, a, it's, it's gotta be part of your life. That's the whole idea of it's a lifestyle. You know, that's why we talk about food that's enjoyable to eat, you know, not, not something that you're just going to want to white knuckle temporarily. It's gotta be enjoyable uh, or else, who who wants to really do it long term? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I agree. It's gotta you've gotta keep motivated with it. Keep going. Those of you out there that are struggling with motivation at the minute, and you do see you know see the posts on the DDP Yoga Facebook forums and stuff. Just remember how you feel when you finish that workout. Remember how you feel when you get up in the morning after you've done your workout the night before and you feel good, you feel great, your back might be looser, your knees might feel better, your your general mood might be brighter. you just got to stay focused on that all the way through. Yeah. Absolutely. We've been saying for years, Stacey, you, uh, you'd never regret doing the, the workout. Ah, uh, never. Um, no. You know, and I, I've been very open and I know Robert like you know we're we're just human beings you know we're not we're not any we don't have any special magic dust you know we we experience resistance and mm-hmm. and you know days we don't want to do it but um even when those days come and it's like man I don't want to do this every single time without fail when we do it it's like oh thank god you know i i feel so much better you know and also i feel better not just from the physical, you know, um, high that I'm on after the workout, but because I have followed through and done something, you know, good for myself. I haven't let myself down. And and yeah. that just goes in the feel-good column, you know. So there's so many reasons. But my my best advice when you don't want to do it is don't spend a lot of time and energy um, debating with yourself that just turns to nothing it's such a waste uh, just do it, do it in spite of the excuses Not, you know, don't listen to them listen to them and say yeah I hear you but I'm doing it anyway I do yeah. that every time that's the strategy that's a good strategy Yeah, it, it's very easy in this day and age to sit and I'm very guilty of this myself sitting there thinking I should really go and do my workout or I should go and do something else anything else in life that needs to happen whether it be as interesting as doing your workout or maybe you need to do your taxes for the year but something that needs doing but instead you're sat on Facebook or you're sat on Twitter or you're sat just flicking through whatever social media or some kind of networking site that you're on at the time it's procrastination in its rawest form Mm-hmm. And if you let those feelings get to you sooner or later, you're probably sat at nine o'clock in the morning thinking, "I really should go and do my workout." Before you know it, it's five p.m. in the afternoon, and you haven't moved. Yeah. So I agree completely. Just, just stop saying, 
yeah, do I really want to? I really should. Just just do it. Just roll the yeah. mat out and do it. <laughs> yeah, and I find, you know, and I do procrastinate, and sometimes I'll put it off a few hours, but mm-hmm. I find my chances go way down if I wait until after dark. There's something about, because biologically our bodies are programmed to shut down after dark. You know, we're supposed to. Yeah, and yeah. I noticed that's a danger zone. If I let myself go that far, I, I you know, probably won't do it. So, do, you know, just use that as a cautionary, uh, you know, note. Just if you, if you wait till after dark, you, your odds go way down. So don't let it get mm-hmm. to that point. Try and get it in early. Mm-hmm. The earlier the Definitely. better. <laughs> and what's been really interesting about this tonight for me is the fact that I've realized that I'm not the only one that does that. I'm oh, not yeah. the only one that yeah. sits there going, oh, man, do I really want to do this right now? <laughs> and you would think, and see, that that's to, that to me is really relatable because, I mean, you are uh, in, you're one of the two people in charge of certification. You've come a long way. You teach classes all the time, and you still you still procrastinate to, to, to do it. So, I mean, if if you procrastinate, then, you know, I, I think they should make it, everyone else feel better. Yeah. I hope Don't so. beat yourself up for it. It's a, it's a human, it's part of the human condition, you yeah. know? That's what we yeah. want to get across, that, you know, DDP yoga teachers or radio hosts or bloggers, whatever, you know, we're, we're just, we have the same challenges as everybody else. We we just, uh, you know, we are determined to strategize around them. No magic. I agree. I completely. It, this has been really great and eye-opening. I know for a fact that tomorrow morning I'm going to get up first thing and do a workout. Nice. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm going to. I I'm going to commit to doing mine before 12 noon. Now, you know, that's another great strategy. A lot of people in the on the team have uh, accountability partners or yep. they will just post something on Team DDP Yoga or Facebook so it's out there. And then once it's out there, it's really then you're tasked with maintaining your integrity. And and sometimes that is what I will rely on. It's like I got to just go tell somebody I'm going to do this, so now I have to follow through. Yeah. yeah. The other side to that, the, the flip side of the coin on that one is one thing that I like to do as well is instead of post before, I like to post after. Uh-huh. You, you see things like um, if you've done, you might have done a live workout for the first time and the amount of likes that you get, and people say likes don't matter on Facebook, but actually in that situation... <laughs> they give you that extra boost. You're on a high from doing your workout, and then there are people in the same forum as you that love the same workout as you are agreeing with you because you've just killed that workout, and they're saying, well done. Yeah. And that gives you another boost as well. So maybe take both ideas, post before and then post after, and say, I, I said I was going to do it. I've done it, mm-hmm. and I've killed it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. Great I idea. Think, uh, I think we ran the gamut uh, uh, this week for sure as far as topics go. Yes, I, I like it when we do a blend of, of food and, and working out, you know, because that's, that's really, those are the two core elements of, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. 
of transformation mm-hmm. and maintaining a healthy life. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's, yeah, yeah this, it was a nice balance. And we sure did miss Mike. At least I know you guys won't admit it, but I, I miss Mike. <laughs> we hope he's doing better. His family, you know, uh, we'll get an update from him next week. Um, but yeah, great show guys. And, and Hayden, um, we'll, we'll just keep uh, sending you questions from, from, uh, listeners about certification. I think the whole, one of the reasons you've been brought on is so we can get more and more teachers because, you know, this is something that deserves to be really sweeping the world, not just the country, but the world. It's, it's changed so many lives for the better. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So. It, it's all about realizing the fact that right now you, you could be ahead of the curve by becoming a certified instructor, a certified level one instructor right at this moment in time. You're going to be in front of the rest of the world teaching this just on the cusp of it turning and becoming something absolutely massive when it comes to sort of the class fitness kind of project world. Um, and it's just, you know, you're out there doing it already. You're at home doing it. Why not share that experience with other people? Why not use your story <laughs> yeah. to motivate other people? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's a good uh, good note to leave it on. All awesome, right. Guys. Thank you very much right. for having me again. Thanks Absolutely. for staying Thank up you. so late into the wee hours, Hayden, to be with it's us. It's great fun. I'm nocturnal yeah. as it is. I love it. <laughs> oh, and, and thank you, uh, Chef Bill, for, for, for educating us so much. Yeah, thank well, you, Well, yeah. you guys know you can always uh, email me through Stacy, and, uh, you know, any question will be answered, anything about any technique, recipe. Go to London to cook for Paul McCartney. Did I say that? Um, but, uh, whatever you guys need, don't oh. hesitate to ask. And I wanted to mention, uh, Chef Bill's on Twitter. He he's not a big social media person, but it's uh, Chef Bill Five, the digit five. So nice. check him out on Twitter. Go. Cool. Nice. And Robert's I'm all over the now. place. He's on every he's on every social media in some form. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't really and I don't really use any of it. I just kind of keep an eye on things, and that's about it. <laughs> Yeah, but you 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 are you observe us all, and we don't know it. So right. just remember, uh, Robert's watching. Big Brother is watching Uh-oh. you. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, have a great week. Have a great week, and get your workout in. You're worth it. Absolutely. Thanks, and for, guys. Thanks, everybody. Well. And thanks. What's that? Thanks, guys. Eat well. Eat oh, well. Eat well. Yeah. Eat yes. well and work out. There you go. Yeah. So uh, for. Stacy, Chef Bill, Hayden, and the MIA Mike Mullins. Uh, keep moving forward, and we will see you next week. Checked it today, man. That was a great workout, man. The power bomb set up by Page. Oh! Into the diamond cutter. I don't believe it. Diamond wow. cutter out of the power bomb. We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work, and most importantly, own your life. This has been a presentation of DDP Yoga and Blog Talk Radio.